Welcome to the Mind Over Matter podcast with Heather Hakes, where mindset is everything. Thank you for joining me for today's podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe and leave me a review. This podcast is designed to help open your awareness to the truth of who you are, a limitless being. You are worthy and deserving of an abundant and prosperous life. It's time to peel back the false beliefs and live the life you dream about. For additional resources or to contact me directly, please visit my website, heatherhakes.com. Without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Welcome to episode number 466. I have actually brought back a guest and in today's podcast, she is sharing four steps to, uh, well, I'll just say it, unfuck yourself. In today's episode, you're going to learn how you can upgrade every area of your life, your health, your wealth, your relationships, and so much more. Welcome to today's podcast. I have brought back Jordan Pendleton. Jordan, thank you for joining me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. The reason uh, I brought you back. Yeah, the reason I brought you back, and I'll let you, you know, give background on what it is you do. We both just participated in another triathlon. You're a fellow coach and podcaster. We, you know, have so much in common, and I love sharing other perspectives. But for those who are new to you, please give a little background. Where do you live and what do you do? Yeah, I live in Denver, also, um, South Denver. So we're a little bit a ways, but <laughs> general vicinity. Uh, so I do money and mindset coaching for entrepreneurs and mostly just from my own story and coming from like a pretty, honestly, shitty place with money myself. Um, I was a financial advisor, believe it or not, and really uh, had all the tools and tactics and strategies. And yet somehow I ended kept ending up back in debt. Um, I was pretty good at making money, but I was also great at spending money and something just wasn't landing. So I just started to go on my own journey and really understand like what was going on under the surface, <laughs> because that's the part that we a lot of times don't address. Um, and really now helping entrepreneurs do the same thing, because I found a lot in that same wheel of chasing money, spending money, chasing money, spending money, and how to get beyond that. Um, and live a more free, fun, impactful life than just making money. Spent. Pardon the interruption. If this content is resonating with you, please be sure to leave a five-star review. I want to offer you some additional resources. Visit my website, heatherhakes.com and sign up for my free video training on how to reprogram your subconscious mind. Again, visit my website, heatherhakes.com. I've also created a self-study course all about mindset and manifesting. You can find this on my website, heatherhakes.com forward slash course. Finally, if you are ready to deep dive and really transform your life, I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching. I will help you create clarity and a roadmap so you can live the life you dream about. Best part? Everything I teach, you can start implementing right now. To learn more and schedule your free discovery call, visit heatherhakes.com forward slash coaching. Now back to regular programming. I think there's some good stuff to unpack there. And actually I literally posted this morning on social. It 
the gym or movement for me, especially running when I'm really present is when downloads and messages and ahas come to me. But the big one, and I was listening to something on Neville Goddard, which I'm a big fan of. And Neville teaches that everything is consciousness. Everything is awareness. And that literally our life is an outpicturing of our internal state of being. Mm -hmm. But we're taught to chase and change the external, get a new job, get a new relationship, make more money, but that's never the answer. And so I would love to hear from you (laughs) what something I wrote down when you were sharing about the money thing, you're good at making it, but then you would sabotage. Yeah. And I love how Ed Milet talks about the thermostat or or more or less our comfort zone. And when we make more then we'll sabotage and bring things back down to So can you go a little deeper and explain your money story? It's interesting. You were good at making it, but then you would sabotage to, was it feelings of unworthiness? What was going on when you actually did the inner work? Oh, Heather, do you have all day? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Really? I mean, and for most people that I work with too, there it's some variation or story of I'm not enough. So therefore there's never enough, there's never enough money (laughs) there's never enough time. There's not like this underlying scarcity, but ultimately from these, you know, stories and experiences throughout my life that really reiterated that I'm not enough or honestly, like I'm too much. (laughs) So therefore, you know, which has the same kind of root stem there, but like, therefore, like if I have too much, therefore, then I will be seen as like this greedy person or this person that is better than. And so I, and, you know, in my early teen years, there was like, I was a gymnast. So there was a lot of perfectionism and Mm -hmm. also like jealousy, jealousy of winning awards and things like that. So I, and I was doing that in my financial planning career too. I was getting all these awards and seeing, you know, on the pl- the podium <laughs> and that made me like very uncomfortable. And because I, people had a negative perception or I thought that people had a negative perception of me being better than. So, you know, a lot of that was the core of it was get rid of it all <laughs> and just yeah. don't be better than because that's really uncomfortable so standing in the light for me has always been very uncomfortable and yet I also really like it and really want it yeah so it's this weird back and forth because then after I quit financial planning I kind of swung the pendulum the other way into becoming this like selfless coach (laughs) that wasn't making any money um and was a money coach and then oh wait going into more debt so it was the same same thing in two totally different ways I just decided I wouldn't make money and then I would just spend money I didn't have um so you know when we're seeing those imbalances it's usually there's something if we're over spending under earning um there's some imbalance in that give and receive like it's meant to be this like beautiful flow in and out but (laughs) there's some chinks in the chain you're totally right there's something going on internally that we need to have that hard look in the mirror and like really look at what's going on inside if we want to get a different result outside. 
Okay. So this is a perfect example. I have a client who's a very successful businessman. I mean, we're talking multimillionaire. Yeah. So he has chased the money and when we re- and he's burned himself out, he's exhausted. He literally is at a point, I think he's like 40, early forties could retire. He literally could. But when we really dug down because he takes everything on and is a rescuer, we dug down mm-hmm. and he realized he doesn't feel that he is enough. And I, so, you know, and of course I just get chills. Mm-hmm. And it was bringing to his awareness, no matter what you do, you can keep chasing, you can keep fixing, you can keep taking it all on until you fix those mental programming, which is what I call pull the weeds and plant new seeds. Until you do that, you're going to continue this vicious loop. And you're a father of two young children. Now you're going to be teaching them the same thing. And so anyway, we're going through this amazing process, understanding our narrative. So I'd love to hear more from you. Did you have to kind of like shine a light on what was that internal narrative? What did you do to let go? Oh, I love this one. And it's kind of something dispensed with us, like to unlearn and reimagine. What did you do? Mm. I think it's just been an ongoing process. Cause I think we're like always, <laughs> it's yeah. a s- cycle like, or like yeah. it's a good new cycle too. I think like where you're, it's a bit more painful upfront, but has a lot better fruit <laughs> down yes. the line. So yes. being willing to look at those stories that actually like money is only that like external mirror for us to look at and we're not getting the results that we want really looking at okay what am I believing right now and where did this come from because for me like I was always really good I know I've always been like really into personal development so it's been I've enjoyed (laughs) the piece of like self-awareness and like understanding those things but actually being willing to go into them is a whole nother that was a piece that I danced around for a long time because you almost have to feel the pain of that story that pain that we like this cycle that we've gotten into is a pain avoidance technique (laughs) like our brain creates these pain avoidance techniques so the only way to get beyond that pain is to go into the pain and allow it see it acknowledge it and just see yourself like for me like that little 14 year old girl like that was just trying to be loved and appreciated like to actually go do that and be that for your younger self that got hurt that created that cycle in the first place so a lot of inner child work yes for me, um, letting those parts of myself be seen again, like that's the whole light, (laughs) light in the dark piece, but that's where we actually get to reintegrate those pieces of ourselves that that pattern cut off because we labeled it as bad or not good or, uh, (laughs) just too painful. And we might not have actually, and having a lot of grace for that version of yourself too, because 14 year old Jordan probably actually didn't have the emotional capacity or awareness to, deal with that then. So that pattern was a good thing for me, a survival technique. It just doesn't need to come with 32 year old Jordan forward, um, that we can then, you know, have 
kindness, love, compassion for, and then release it. So a lot of that can come like I've done a lot of breath work and um, like actually like somatic experiences and hypnotherapy and things to really get into those patterns and heal them and release them um, has been big on my journey. Um, Obviously that's a short list, but. (laughs) Well, and what I want to highlight is you are not different. Us as humans, we all have these underlying beliefs. Ultimately, we're not worthy, we're not enough, and we won't be loved. Tony Robbins is big on sharing those. But I wrote down kind of the four steps that you just shared, and it's one that you had to allow it, see it, acknowledge it, and release it. And so I feel like any of us, wherever we're holding the blocks, right, whether it's love in relationships, money, which is a big one for most people because we put it up on this pedestal. And I mean, I could go down a whole another rabbit hole with that, but ultimately it just comes down to, I love how you said, it's not about blaming, it's about an awareness and understanding self-compassion. And I've done this for, you know, younger me versions of the stories I created in the blocks and that's all, all my bad. But then I think it's a realization. If I could create that, I could create something else too. Mm-hmm. So can you share on the flip side, when you've done this internal work and you're right, there are so many modalities when you've done it and you practice it. Cause I feel like this is being very intentional, very mindful. So we don't fall back to old patterns and habits. What is possible on the other side? I mean, everything that I think we, like you said, that love, what were the three things you said? feeling that will be worthy enough or loved okay so like the opposite of that (laughs) that you now believe and know in your being that you are enough and there is and that you're loved and supported and totally seen for exactly who you are and there's just nothing that you can't do from that place I think a lot of times we're just trying to work out those things of like trying to prove that we're enough or we spend a lot of energy and effort proving that we're enough um, or that we could be loved. But when you know it in yourself, I don't like physically that's opened up a lot for me because that not enough cycle also led to a lot of like like even just comparing, like we were talking about the triathlon, like I did triathlons in, you know, my early to mid twenties. And now I do them here. It's like seeing just like the most like side-by-side contrast of what it looks like to come from a place of not enough versus enough. Mm-hmm. It's like, A, I don't care as much about, like, I'm not as attached to the outcome because I don't need it to prove something. I can have way more fun. I listen to my body and what it's telling me and don't abuse it. Cause that's what I was, would do before like perform body. I need you to be something and like, get through this, you little wimp. Like it was so such a mean <laughs> inner talk. Um, so can accomplish the same goals, but with much more ease, much more fun, um, much more joy and not as much attachment to needing these things. And same with money. Like 
I can make, create these programs and create a podcast, but I don't need it to be something, right? Like I don't need the money to mean something about me. I don't need it. And, and Heather, I want to reiterate too, like, this isn't every day. <laughs> there are still these times where and I think that's our, it's not like you get to this place where I'm like, oh, finally, all these doors are open and blah, blah, blah. Like to your point, it is a practice <laughs> and yeah. there are still times and, you know, points in my spiritual cycle where I am again, unknowingly seeking validation through external things when I, am, and I think it's the more aware you become of it and the more, you know, when you get those tools around it, then you can <laughs> be like, oh yeah, I'm doing that thing again doing that thing where I'm looking for something outside of myself. Okay. Let's, let's address what's really going on here. Where am I not feeling enough? How am I, what's going on? That's creating, you know, in my circumstance, that's creating these feelings. You can call them a trigger or, you know, what, what's going on under the surface and then actually work it out in a manner that's not going to lead you down a path of self-destruction. So I don't know if that answers your question, but yes, there's so well, much more possible. <laughs> I think even on that note, I've realized that uh, entrepreneurship, you know, well, it's really solopreneurship for me, but uh, this is literally what I call personal development on steroids. I have had to learn a lot of self-discipline. I've had to overcome procrastination, which was an avoidance technique, which you sort of touched on that pain and pleasure, mm-hmm. uh, self-doubt, imposter syndrome, and And I know that stuff still creeps in at times, but literally I get to see when I'm in flow, when I'm just like in my zone of genius, feeling it, clients are coming, things are just happening and quickly. When Mm -hmm. I fall back to those old patterns, the self-doubt, questioning, what am I doing? Then I also have those kind of results. And so again, life is a mirror. It's showing us where we're at and you always have the power to change. Mm-hmm. I wrote this down and I'm just curious to ask you in this space, have you felt like yucky about sales and marketing? Mm, yes. <laughs> I mean, like I've had to do a lot of work around that. And I spe- especially, I think anybody that is, um, you know, pursuing a business that is really true to them and pure to their heart and like really what they feel their calling is and they are pursuing that like I've seen myself and all of my clients go through this like well I shouldn't make money for that I shouldn't sell I shouldn't put myself out there um because that's you know again what we're making it mean about us so there's a lot of work around marketing sales like putting your authentic self and voice out there and allowing people to pay you for that thing that you're actually just naturally really good at. Yeah. I think that's actually really just like common thing for most entrepreneurial people that are, you know, yeah, going after something really pure to them. I'll share my experience because I want to hear more about yours. So for example, for me, sales and marketing At first, this kind of was a hobby for me. I really enjoyed it and putting it out there. But there is a difference between a hobby and a business. 
a hobby you do for joy and you don't make money. But if you're trying to have a podcast and do coaching, that is a business. And so for me, it was Mm -hmm. a shift in perspective that if I don't have a call to action to work with me, that I can help you through this because I've been in that block, then I am actually, it's a disservice to the community. Mm-hmm. And I think I had to let go. And I know some people in kind of this realm believe, you know, spirituality, it not to make money. Well, money is something we need in this 3D experience in exchange. And so I have definitely had to face and overcome the, I guess I turned marketing more into providing value and content versus that skeezy, manipulative, trying to get something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a very, I think, you know, but even like the church needs to make money, right? Like even these big, like spiritual institutions, like money is a part of it. And I think that's been a part of that narrative, especially if you are doing more like mental, emotional, spiritual work. Um, I think that has been a part, part of it, but there is a very like spiritual aspect to money and like the exchange of money and if you, I think just as if you're not putting a call to action in your marketing and you're not accepting money for value that you're providing and you don't have to charge for everything, but like for your higher end things, you're actually doing a people a disservice to not charge them because yeah. they're not taking it on also as an investment or something that they are saying, yes, I value this. I value you. And I would like to receive this in exchange for that. Cause that's all money is yeah. it's like, I would like, I want, I'm willing to give this, you know, dollar amount over in exchange for this value back. And I think as coaches, practitioners, and you know, people who have invested a lot um, financially and otherwise into becoming quality, good coaches. Like it's only, it only makes sense. And if you're not charging for it, then you just got to look at it and see like, what's the fear around it? Because you're meant to make money and yeah, it's not just a hobby. And I had to do that like massively, like look at, okay, this is, I'm treating this like a hobby and, oh, it's nice. Oh, it'd be nice if I'm, you know, made some money doing it. And then I'm like, but no, I actually like really need to make money doing this or else yeah. why, why am I doing it? Um, so yeah. another, another shift I had was the more money I make, the more people I can reach, the more I can do, then I can hire on. It can have a team and employees like that is now my current vision, this new, and I'm not chasing a dollar amount. I'm more chasing the impact and the reach that I can mm-hmm. have. And if I keep playing small with this kind of white knuckle of dancing around, it's like, okay, well, I'm the only one holding myself back, you know? Totally. And like, <laughs> think of the like, billions and trillions of dollars that people that aren't so you know caring and have the best interests of people other people you know like how much money they're making so why not you 
if you're going to do something good with your money and make a positive impact in the world via your money, why not you have, like, why not you make that money? And like through our money, we can change the world too. If we are, you know, powering that with positive energy and putting that like into the world, like that only can ripple out and make more positive impact and, you know, move, move the direction of which the world is moving. Yes. Okay. So do it. Here's what I I feel like we're touching on. And I would love to hear more of your perspective because it's something you have shared with me, but ultimately what we're talking about is a paradigm shift, which is changing that mental programming, the stories, the narratives, but something you shared with me is there was a point in your life when your health was affected, your finances were affected, your relationships, everything was quote in the shitter. Mm -hmm. And you had a realization that quote, you were the problem and you had the power to change. Can you walk us through that time in your life versus where you're at now? Yes. Uh, so that was like around the time when I was doing financial planning, doing financial advising, uh, really like hitting it, working really hard um, to, you know, get get the money, get the praise, get the accolades, all of that stuff. So externally, I looked like, yeah, I got it all together. I, you know, I'm doing all these big things and making this big impact, but on the inside, and that's where I think we can like totally avoid this because it's like, oh, well, nobody else can see that this is going on. Um, besides the relationship piece, which I think is the hardest. Um, but yeah, I developed like severe scalp, scalp psoriasis from the amount of like stress I was putting on my body. But again, it's under my hair, so nobody can see it. Um, I was blowing up all of like my relationships, blaming everybody for why I was so, you know, and I think blame is so sneaky, <laughs> it, but it is one of the biggest things I really encourage people to look at because it is that is the call for ownership is, are you blaming everybody else and everything else as to why you aren't where you're at or why you're not enjoying your life or why you're like, why everything's not working out? Is that everybody else's fault? No. Um, so that, you know, that's what my, I was like also total commitment phobe, (laughs) um, breaking up and I'm now married to my husband, but I broke up with him like three or four times because I was, so unsure of myself. Yeah. Um, so, and that was really that realization of like, I am, this isn't going to happen through me just because I was pouring all my money back into getting all these health tests done and supplements and trying all these diets and everything to like fix my health. (laughs) Like, this is not a fixing thing. Like I really got to get back in touch with who am I? What do I really want? Where do I like, what do I value? Because I was just defaulting to everybody else's and like societal expectation of like what I thought I needed to do to be successful. And I hated my life. Mm -hmm. I hated like, again, I could make it look like it was great, but I was a stress ball. Like I was just full of anxiety and so stressful. So I think those are some of the most important questions that we could ask 
about ourselves is who am I? Why am I here? What do I really want? And what do I need to take a stand for in my life and stop blaming everybody else around me or shaming myself for wanting something different? Because there's nothing wrong with that, but only you can decide that. And it's nobody else's responsibility. Um, and so just really asking, getting serious about asking those questions and making making adjustments and doing the inner work to really, it all started to happen very naturally once I got in touch with that too. And looking at how am I viewing myself and the world and the people around me? Because I am acting like the world is out to get me <laughs> and everyone else is against me. Um, and that's not the truth. That's not the truth at all. But it feels like it when you're in the middle of it. But that's why we got to take a step back and stop going, stop doing all the shit, <laughs> take a breather get some perspective because life is way too short, but it's also long. Like, don't spend it like that. It's terrible. <laughs> Ultimately, what it comes down to is that victim mentality, the blame game. Um, and I recently had a client kind of, we ended our sessions and he came back and he was like, well, I just, you know, I, he was trying to put the blame on me that, well, it's literally like a personal trainer. I can sh tell you about the nutrition. I can show you how to use the machines. But if you aren't doing the reps, if you aren't doing the work, it's on you. And what, what I love about that is, um, you know, victim mentality. I don't think people even understand they're in that headspace. And oh. again, I'm not blaming. I think it's just more... If you have dissatisfaction in life, you can't blame your boss, your partner, the government, uh, the economy. If you can turn it around and like lovingly look at yourself in the face and or in the mirrors, what I mean, and, and mm -hmm. that compassion, but it's a realization and it's humility and uh but then it's about taking your power back and so I I, I don't want people to like I don't want to scare you away from doing this because it's necessary but yeah. once you do you like uncover that you know quote monster in the closet then you feel like this unleashed this unstoppable this realization that you are the creator of your reality and if you could create this and you can also create this right Totally. Yeah. It's, I think one of the, and I think we have to look at like the way we were raised too, because like, were your parents always blaming each other? Were they fighting all the time? Like if you saw and like, were raised in an environment of like lack of responsibility, personal responsibility and, you know, ownership for your part, and if it was always a finger pointing thing, like there's a chance you picked that up <laughs> pretty strong chance. You picked that up. Yeah. And again, if that's the environment you were raised in, then that's your normal. And so I think examining again, not to blame, not to blame our parents because they're always doing the best that they can with what they have. And there were good things they taught you too. We can build on the good. This is not how you have to get rid of everything. Like your whole life is terrible and you're broken and awful. Like, no, there, there's adjustments and that's where 
like we're always building. It's like, what, what are you building towards? Because if we stay in that complacency and we stay in that, you know, cycle, the exact cycle in which we were raised in, then you're just gonna, and some people are like, no, I want to end up exactly where my parents are. And that's great. Yeah. But I would say nine out of 10 people would not say that, (laughs) you know, in every aspect of life. So we have to look at, you know, what do you really want to create? Cause it's not, not in most of the times, not exactly what our parents or our family or lineage, like it's, it's most people want to, you know, have a unique experience of life <laughs> and not just be a victim to their experience of life. Um, it's just different feels. So yeah, it's not to, not to offset the blame and point the finger back at our parents either, but it's for information of like, oh, okay, I'm doing that. I'm doing that, that blame thing. I'm doing that, not taking responsibility thing. And you have a part, you can take it back. You can take the responsibility back anytime. On social, have you seen the meme? You are not responsible for the programming you received growing up, but as an adult, you're a hundred percent responsible for changing it. Yeah. That's what it reminds me. And again, you're right. There's no blame. Yeah, it's like not it, your fault. Right. This could go into the whole generational trauma, but anyway, and not, not to go down that rabbit hole today. I just, I want to empower people to let them know if there is a pain point in your life, you can change it. Totally. I want to know from you on the triathlon front, how did oh. all of this like impact and Cause you had like a total like 180 experience from the first time to the, to the second yeah. triathlon. So how has this work impacted your physical with triathlons? So the reason I do physical feats, endurance challenges, like Goggins four by four by 48, why I did the first time I did that triathlon, I did a sprint try in 2019. This time I did an Olympic which was nearly double the distance in like all of them, but the bike, the bike was just like an extra eight miles, but double the swim, double the run. And so for me, um, one, a triathlon is very challenging because it's three disciplines. It's not like running a marathon, which I've done. And I'm a runner. I love that runner's high. I love being in the zone. Like you do kind of just get into stride and I mean, you could go all day if you're in the right headspace. But a triathlon, I just love to, and it was for me not about proving myself, but I love to challenge. I love to test the power of mindset. You know, knowledge is not power, experiences. And so for me, doing that try, experiencing, and you know, my struggle with swimming. I mean, and it was very humbling because I grew up boating and I've been in the ocean, but treading water versus swimming in open water with people around you and grabbing your ankles and you're grabbing ankles. And uh, I just wanted a different memory of 2019, which was horrible. And this time was definitely better, but it still wasn't. I want to be able to freestyle the entire swim without that breathing trouble. But because I had some fear and struggle around swimming, I wanted to move through that so I could have a different experience. And it did become a bit of a a moving meditation for me, a definitely presence 
calmness, the self-talk. And so again, that's why that is my thing. What I grow and experience through is the physical feats and everybody's Mm. different, right? We all have our outlet. It might be relationships for some, it might be whatever, but that's why I do the endurance stuff. Yeah. Same. It's cool. Yeah. I don't know. It's very like tangible piece to apply so much of this work to, um, and to examine how we show up in those environments. But like you touched on the extremes, David Goggins, I can respect that man because I feel like he has mindset of steel, but his masochism, I don't, I can't relate to, I do not do it for the pain and the proof and I don't need to struggle, but that is very much that toxic masculinity. That's another conversation. But again, look, we are using endurance things and we are both getting different things out of it and no judgment. He's on his own journey. He inspires a lot of people to get moving. And so go him. (laughs) Yeah. No need to do it to hurt ourselves and uh, feel pain. Here's what I want to ask you. If you could give humanity a billboard message, what do you want people to know? Oh gosh. Yeah. Boiling that all down is I think it's know yourself and have the courage to be yourself. Courage. I love, yeah. I have a mug. So I love Ray Dunn mugs. And one of mine is courage. And on the back is the lion um, from Dorothy wizard of Oz. Yeah. Because it is, I mean, you do have to have courage to change and, and to go into these things. And so I love that. And here's what I want to ask you, because we've touched on many different things, money and health and relationships and, and our, our internal talk. What do you believe is a key takeaway you want listeners to get? Hmm. Don't run away from the dark parts of yourself. We all have them, but the more we run away from the things that scare us about ourselves or that we're ashamed of about ourselves or not happy with about ourselves, like the more you run from it, the more you perpetuate whatever it is and amplify whatever it is. So do the counterintuitive thing, which is to go into the pain. And like you said, allow it to be, see it, have compassion for it, release it. I love it. You'll get totally different results um, and like yourself a lot more at the end of the day if you don't run from those things. I love that. Okay, I'd love to ask you a few rapid fire questions to wrap up the interview. Okay. First one, what is a quote or motto that you live by? Hmm. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> and that's okay. I think um, some people, some people don't. I'm a walking quote book. I feel like I'm always just spewing them. So yeah, I am too. I, I, I usually have a, a very large repertoire of, of quotes. My husband is like your walking inspirational quote. Um, but to live by, um, 
that or I, maybe I what's even, a good yeah. reminder if you if you feel yourself in a funk is there something that you can say or snap yourself back into oh like a, a mantra I use a lot is I am enough there is enough I am enough there is enough I am enough there <laughs> like okay. to continue that like I'm enough <laughs> you're yes. enough the reminders love mm-hmm. that little what is, reminders what is a book you're currently reading or highly recommend currently reading um I do a lot of audiobooks I I'm actually on a non-fiction which is un not or on a fiction book which is not normal for me because I'm usually just like pounding content so I'm on like a content break um right now but I did just read my brain is like not working today Heather um <laughs> like what did I just read that was so good um wow why why is this so hard um I have to look I'm sorry it was it apparently it was not that memorable um <laughs> what was it Oh, Atlas of the Heart by Brené Brown. Oh, okay. Which is also one that I would highly recommend because most people can't can't even name more than three emotions that they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Like that's the average human extent of being able to name emotions. I think like for me, I have a really tough time connecting to my emotions. Um, so her going in, like there was so many things that I was like, wow, I've totally like mislabeled emotion. Um, so actually having verbiage for what you're feeling and experiencing, I think is a really powerful gift. Yes. All right. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Be true to yourself. I spent way too much time trying to be cool, trying to fit in just, kind of just conforming alongside trying to get that validation so be yourself and like be be the source of love don't seek it it's inside of you and it's accessible and you can be the love that you're seeking in the world and you'll attract that back I love that and such a great note to end on Jordan thank you so much for joining me again Yes. Thanks so much, Heather. This was so fun. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. I'd love it if you could leave a review and remember to subscribe and share this episode with your friends. If you haven't yet, connect with me on the social platforms. You can add me on Instagram at heather.hakes and subscribe to my YouTube channel. I'll catch you on the next episode.